Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys. Uh, today's episode is for you keto heads out there. For those of you who are crazy for the keto diet, or even if you're not constantly on a keto diet, but if you occasionally delve into the world of a ketogenic lifestyle and are interested in measuring your ketones, but you're not interested in bleeding every time that you have to measure your ketones. So we all know that the challenge of ketosis for a lot of people is understanding where in that ketogenic on that ketogenic scale, they happen to be. And one of the best ways to do that, and until recently, the most reliable way to do that was to measure it by kind of poking a hole in your finger. Um, basically, these really cool little, little devices, you poke a hole in your finger, you bleed on a piece of paper that's stuck inside a device, the device does makes a reading of the ketones in your blood, and then you're able to understand how deeply into ketosis you are. It's not always that important to be deep in ketosis, but definitely for some people who are really looking to get more granular about their metabolic state to understand, are they in autophagy? Are they not in autophagy? And autophagy is one of these things that people are always arguing about, right? How long does it take to get into autophagy? Is it 12 hours, 16 hours, you know, triggering that cellular state where you're cleaning out the trash? That's a big goal for a lot of people, whether they're in a keto state all the time, some of the time, only occasionally. It's actually an important process to be able to trigger, but not everybody gets there at the same time. Not everybody gets there in the same um, way. And so, what if you had a device that made it super easy for you to measure through your breath, your ketones whenever you wanted to? And that's what today's guest is all about. His company, which is called Readout Health, has put out this funky little device called the Biosense. And I actually dropped a piece of the Biosense a minute ago. So I'm going to pick it up now in my intro. That's right. And I'm going to put it back on the device. I just kind of gave it a bit too hard a tug. Um, and this is my Biosense. And this Biosense is super cool because what you can do is you can breathe into this thing and it will tell you, it'll give you a measurement of how deeply into ketosis you are. Now, me, myself, and many other coaches out there will say to you, don't chase numbers. When it comes to being on a ketogenic diet, it's not about the number. It's about, are you or are you not in a fat burning state? But sometimes it's really helpful to understand how deeply into ketosis you are. And we talk about those times in this episode. We talk about the value of being in a ketogenic state, at least some of the time. And, um, and then we talk about how this device really fulfills need in the market. It's a really cool device. I used it um, when I was doing a fast mimicking diet recently, and it gave me some really incredible insight into how those little meals were actually affecting my blood sugar and not so much my blood sugar, but my ketogenic state. Sometimes I was getting kicked right out of keto. Other times I was just like, you know, my ketone production was going down, then it was going back up again. Really cool information. And I never had to shed a drop of blood. So back to my guest. My guest is Jim Howard. He is the CEO of Readout Health, and the which is the company that markets this device called the Biosense. The website for Biosense is mybiosense.com. And if after listening to the episode, you decide that you simply must get your hands on one of these little devices, uh, you can get $20 off by using promo code longevity 20. Um, it's not, it's a couple hundred bucks. It's not wildly expensive, but you know, we know that all of these biohacking toys and gadgets start to add up, but definitely if understanding how deeply into ketosis you are, or what degree of ketones you're producing is important to you, then this thing is a godsend. Let me tell you. So, um, Jim, going back to Jim, I mean, Jim is 27 years in health tech. Uh, this guy is all about health and technology. What he's really passionate about is helping people to make those changes that can help them to, to 
break the cycle of chronic disease. He's all about empowering the consumer, putting the power back into their hands. And Biosense is going to be launching some great programs. There's a great app that goes with it. They're going to be launching extensions to the app. Um, really interesting company, really, really, really cool and innovative stuff. And Jim is, um, he's got great energy and he really loves what he does. And you'll really get that in the podcast. So um, thank you so much for being here. And remember that, especially when it comes to keto diet, it's not right for everybody. It's not everybody's jam. So if you're going to decide to go on a ketogenic diet or you're thinking of doing it, then definitely have a discussion with your health professional or your doctor and make sure that it's right for you. Um, so, you know, it's all about personalizing in this world, right? And that's what this is about. It's about personalizing. For me, it took me quite a long time to get deep enough into ketosis that I was actually making enough ketones to say that I was in autophagy. So anyway, onwards. If you're looking to find me, natnidham.com, you know that. And you can find me also on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group. You can find me on MeWe in the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Group. Of course, you can find me on Instagram at Natalie Nidham and on YouTube, my channel, just Natalie Nidham. If you're watching this, you already know that. If you're listening to this, there will be a video of this episode also up on YouTube. So thank you so much. Oh, and also just, just a heads up, you will notice in the video that I, I apparently have a wardrobe change a few times. And that's because um, the next, we've, we had to record this in a couple of, um, couple of, a couple of different takes. And also I'm recording the intro on a different day, which happens on occasion. So thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. If you get value from this episode, please make sure that you share it out, share it with your friends, your family, your networks, anybody who you think would get value from it as well. Please make sure that you leave us a review and please make sure to send me your questions and comments because I love hearing from you guys. And that's what helps me to plan my next episodes. The reviews is what helps to rise us, help us to rise in the rankings and helps me to get more amazing guests just for you guys. So thank you so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Hey folks, before we launch into the episode, um, we have a sponsor and our sponsor today is drinkhrw.com. And this company is all about the magic of molecular hydrogen. They make the most incredible molecular hydrogen products. Um, so they make these tablets that you can easily just drop into your glass of water every single morning as you start your day, which is exactly how I start my day. I start my day with two tablets of molecular hydrogen, this stuff, um, in water with a squeeze of lemon. And that's what I take my supplements with. So why do I do that? Um, I do this because molecular hydrogen is this amazing foundation uh, supplement that I include in mine and pretty much every protocol that I write for my clients. And I got to tell you, there's not a lot of things that I include for everybody because I do believe that everybody needs different stuff. Everybody has different needs. But when it comes to molecular hydrogen, when we talk about a supplement that can help to manage inflammation, reduce inflammation, it helps to reduce pain in many cases. Um, it helps to balance um, blood sugar right? So improve insulin sensitivity. And um, when you hit even just those two markers, we are talking about already upgrading your body's ability to function really well during the day. Also really good for energy, really good for recovery for athletes. Um, it's a pretty amazing substance, especially when we think of the fact that molecular hydrogen, well, hydrogen as a molecule is the tiniest molecule. It's the first molecule on the periodic table, but it's because it's so tiny that it is able to get in where it needs to in the cell and initiate all of these incredible processes. Um, Drink HRW also has tablets that you can drop into your bathtub so that you can soak your whole body in it, get the benefits for your skin, get the benefits systemically into your body. So your skin is your largest organ of, of absorption, guys. So this is a great way to get your molecular hydrogen. It's also really great for people who've got aches and pains and who are sore. It helps to mitigate all of that inflammation. So um, what are some of the other reasons why 
you might want to drink molecular hydrogen. Well, as, as travel is starting to come back, is making a comeback, then I drink molecular hydrogen on my flight. I start 30 minutes before the flight and I take it every 90 minutes while I'm flying because when we're way up in the sky like that, we are actually exposed to radiation and molecular hydrogen has been shown to be helpful at mitigating the negative effects of that radiation on our bodies. So ultimately, supplementing with molecular hydrogen is all about aging well. It's about longevity and it's about managing your body system so that you can look, feel and perform your best. And this supplement, molecular hydrogen, delivers on these points like nothing else. Um, oh, and one of the things I forgot to mention is that molecular hydrogen actually combats oxidative stress. And it's not just anti-inflammatory, it's selective anti, in, well, actually it's selective antioxidant. Plus it also helps to support a healthy inflammatory response. So you guys, obviously I can keep talking about this for a really long time. What I'm going to invite you to do is visit the drinkhrw.com forward slash superhuman website and check out the research for yourself. If you're one of those people that needs to see it for yourself, that needs to dig into the research, I will tell you that this website, these, this company's website is a wealth of information and it's not just about them. It's just about all of the clinical trials, clinical studies, all of the research you could imagine on pretty much any topic you can imagine around molecular hydrogen to help you to make your own decision about whether or not this is right for you. Like I said, I personally recommend it to all of my clients. I use it myself every single day. But for some of you guys, and for many of you guys, we should always be informed. These guys have one of the best repositories of information on this compound out there. So drinkhrw.com forward slash superhuman. And if you use promo code longevity10, you will save 10% on your purchase, anything that you buy, and you can use that promo code over and over and over again. So thank you so much for staying with me through this and enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to the show, Jim. It is such a pleasure to meet you in person today. Yes, top of the afternoon too. Thank you for yes. having me. Yes, we've been uh, we've been bouncing around here for a few minutes. So today, you guys, as you know, I'm here with Jim Howard from, is it Readout Technologies? Re Readout Health in St. Louis. Readout Missouri. Health, right? And Readout Health is the company that manufactures and created the technology behind the Biosense, which is this very groovy device. I'm gonna hold it up here on the off chance that I do a video, but it's unlikely I will. It's a very cute handheld device that is very powerful for measuring breath ketones. And we're gonna talk about that today, why that's important. And it's um, pretty remarkable what this very small device that weighs next to nothing um, the insight it can give you into your metabolic state and what's actually going on under the hood. So, but before we launch into that, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how it is that you happen to be running this very cool company that manufactures things in Toronto and then ships them back to the States. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's a plug for Canada. Um, so yeah, the, the, the story is, it's somewhat unique. I, I have a ketogenic household and I'm a 26, 27 year health tech vet, uh, veteran. So I've been involved with a lot of startups and digital health companies working a lot with Washington university here in St. Louis. And, and this particular thing kind of came by my desk, the science project college once, and it was, uh, my colleagues were working on a breath technology platform that, uh, you know, really is solving the whole problem around, having a validated clinical grade breath measurement and measuring analytes in your breath. So they were working on that specifically in the type two diabetes reversal space and obesity space. And I heard about it. And I, uh, as someone that has a ketogenic household, um, for a number of reasons, we, uh, I flew out and I checked it out and I realized that this is legit. They had just cracked the code on having a true highly accurate breath measurement that can replace blood. So the first device that they were working on that we worked on is Biosense, and it was released about a year ago, and it's in the consumer market, the research market, and the clinical market, too. So we've got a lot of different eggs in our basket right now that we're working on, and it's been a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I'll bet. So you say you're in a ketogenic household. So how many of you are in the household and you're all in ketosis? And is that for health reasons or lifestyle reasons or it you is, yeah. also well, don't have to say if you don't want to, but I'm just curious because it's top secret in the Howard family. No, it's um, <laughs> no, my wife is a cancer survivor. I, um, in my, she, she, she was the first one. And then I, I kind of a health bio biohacker health addict. And ultimately I had six knee surgeries and major inflammation issues. Couldn't ski anymore. Couldn't run anymore. And I used to run 50 miles a week. So I just, you know, I'm 53 focused on longevity, two little kids. And, um, when I had made that transition to the ketogenic diet and, um, it just changed my, changed my world really. And, you know, I'm not always ketogenic, but I we're tracking ketones, you know, based on the different, you know, lifestyle choices that we make. So sometimes it's intermittent fasting, you know, kind of depends on, on what we're doing, but it all started out as health reasons, you know, for health reasons. And then ultimately it's transitioned into a lifestyle that we'll never move away from. Um, mm-hmm. Our kids, our kids are kind of low carb for kids, but not yeah. ketogenic by any means. You know? Yeah, no, I was going to ask you about that. Cause I, I did a similar thing and you know, if we can, it, it, it low carb, it's an interesting term, right? Because I think that for kids, they can be on a low glycemic diet and still eat lots of great stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they do, they need more carb. Like they're, they're hustling, you know, they're burning that stuff. It's just about helping them to stay metabolically flexible as they get older and become maybe less active. Yeah. But I wish I knew what they knew, you know, when it comes to the impact of sugar and the toxicity of sugar on a diet. So I, you know, they, they have no shortage of fruits and vegetables and other carbs like that, but it's, uh, they're, they're not, not really uh, participating in the Halloween festivities like other kids may. <laughs> <laughs> we had a very speedy switch, witch at our house, yeah. so the, you know, there was a negotiation that happened on Halloween night, you know, pick a couple of things that you really love and switch, which is coming back. And what Lego would you like this year? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it works it. like a charm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus Great. my kid was kind of a hoarder anyway. He never really ate all his candy. So it would just sit there and go bad. So it gave me the opportunity to clear it out of the house sooner. And he got more right. Everybody won. It was, yeah. it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> all right. So let's move, let's move towards the bias. so the whole idea of the ketogenic lifestyle, which of course is, has gotten such traction. And I think what's interesting about the ketogenic diet is I believe it's starting to grow up. I believe that people are starting to understand that, yes, the ketogenic diet for certain people in certain instances is a very powerful and necessary tool. But we then introduce this idea of metabolic flexibility. And we introduce this idea of the your body should, in a perfect world, be able to switch between burning sugar or carbs for fuel, if you will, and burning ketones for fuel. And so... And, and, and further to that, this whole now acceptance of fasting and intermittent fasting or extending the time, if you will, between the last meal of the day and the first meal of the day, right? People starting to understand the value of, you know, if you're not overloaded with carbs all the time, in theory, if you're really metabolically flexible, you should almost, you should be getting into a fat burning state overnight, right? So that you're in ketosis almost part of the day, every day, and then not in ketosis the rest of the time. So maybe you want to speak to that a little bit, because I'm sure that's played very powerfully into all the thinking behind the biosense. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, we we're primarily a clinical company, meaning we, we started out in working in the areas of reversal of disease, so metabolic disease. So if you think about obesity and you think about type two diabetes reversal, you know, glucose is a great way to track, you know, your metabolic response to food, but the damage is not undone there. You, know, you might prevent further damage, but you, you need to put your body into that state of ketosis. Um, if not most of the time, all the time, you know, depending on what the protocol is. So that that's where we really kind of fit in and, and started a company to address that. Um, in the consumer world, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, depending on the lifestyle or what the protocol is. And, and the keto diet gets a lot of play, quite frankly. I don't think you even see keto diet on our website anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's approaching ketosis or that state of fat oxidation or fat burn, regardless of the protocol. So, you know, it could yeah. be 
caloric restriction, it could be fasting, it could be any of those protocols. Some some make a choice to stay in it, some make a choice to bounce in and out of it to be, you know, that's where your metabolic flexibility comes in. The bottom line of it is if you're following that carb restrictive protocol in any regard, you will start to become, your body will be able to adapt to those, you know, switches back and forth a lot easier. So, you know, Biosense was designed to track all day. This is the key thing is like, your your ketone levels or your fat oxidation and and that that's indicated you know that's part of that is the metabolic flexibility side so you know metabolic flexibility means burning carbs are burning um you know fat as you're referring to you know if you're burning only carbs you're just you're you're not going to see you're going to get a zero on the device as Mm -hmm. you start to produce some ketones you're going to start to see more and more and more on the device we have zero to 40 measurements on biosense So when you get to five, for example, you're entering ketosis. So you fully can see metabolic flexibility. The difference is once you get into ketosis where the damage is undone, it's very, very specific. So, you know, where CO2 is a gas, there's other devices that track that. They only tell you that you're in ketosis. Well, that's only the beginning of where, you know, we start and go well into these different levels and maybe it's autophagy maybe it's really high levels of ketosis for like epilepsy mm-hmm. patients that try to stay up there. Um, so the, the key point is this, you need to track your measurements multiple times per day because your ketones, just like glucose are very dynamic. Yep. Um, even at the low levels where you're out of ketosis to the high levels where you're deep in it. Um, you eat, you will have a response. So, you know, three to five measurements per day can produce that trend line that you really need to modify behavior. Nice. So actually let's back up a little bit and tell people a little bit about what they're measuring when they're breathing into their biosense. Um, right. So they're measuring a particular ketone body that is, that is, that is a downstream metabolite and that is released in the breath. That's right. Yeah. So it's excess. So, you know, there's, you know, when it, when it comes to ketone levels, um, they can be, measured in either acetoacetate, which is in your urine, it can be in your blood too. Acetoacetate is what's actually metabolized by your blood. Um, I mean, by your mitochondria. So, mm-hmm. um, and then you have BHB. So BH, beta-hydroxybutyrate is what is actually, when you prick your finger once a day, Yeah, that's BHB. That's a storage ketone. That's also, that's not metabolized. And then you, um, so you have urine, you have blood, and then you have breath and that's acetone. So we measure you know, acetoacetone can break down into BHB, which then can break, you know, then turn back into acetoacetate or acetoacetate can convert to acetone and be uh, flushed out of your system or breathed out. So it's really complex, but the bottom line is there's three different types of ketones. Breath has been a, you know, until Biosense has been a big failure as a measurement because fundamentally there was no one able to, to only measure acetone in your breath that's at a high concentration and you, and to do that you have to fractionalize your breath and that, you know, at a at a kind of a high level that means in your breath the vast majority of your lung is just you know it's ambient air it's mm-hmm. not even interacting with your lung tissue so if you can chuck all of that out and only measure the air that's interacting with your your lung tissue then you can get a highly accurate measurement. And that, that works for any analyte too. So that's a question to ask anybody. Like, do you have lung sampling, you know, or are you fractionalizing breath measurements? If you're not, you're not going to get an accurate measurement. It's just not possible. So you probably just get a range of something. Right. So 40 measurements, very, very specific. And it's measuring parts per million. And then we um, of acetone of which we then convert into our proprietary number called ACEs. So five, you know, zero ACEs means you're burning carbs. Five ACEs means you are now entering ketosis and burning fat. So then you got another 35 measurements and how much specific levels of fat burn that you're, you're approaching. So 15 would be like an inferred autophagy. Maybe that's your target. And so is that consistent from person to person? Like once, so the time, and I guess we'll talk about this as well, but is it true that, is it consistent from like for me and you 
let's say if I hit a five and you hit a five, it means the same thing. It means that we are just at that beginning stage of ketosis. We're in a light state of ketosis or we're producing some ketones. Um, whereas once I hit 15 and you hit 15, we're act, we both will be in autophagy. Well, and yeah, it's it might take the, me is, to get there than you, let's say. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that, you know, right now levels of ketosis are, are right around like 0.5 millimolar on a, on a beach, on a blood device or five, we're about 10 to one. So, um, so about 10, you know, five aces for most, I mean, Verta health, for example, they're seeing, they are seeing really levels of ketosis into threes and fours. Mm-hmm. So it really depends, but, but roughly five would be entering ketosis. Um, so that's and, that nutritional ketosis that we talked yeah, about 0.5 yeah. to 0.9. It's yeah. kind of a light state of ketosis. It's what you might expect to wake up in on a regular day. As yeah, well, you, you would like you, to anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you are very metabolic flexible and you're you have a low carb protocol, um, yeah, then you should be able to to be in kind of that. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to be pretty darn metabolically flexible. So, um, but most people aren't like that. So I can, I can tell you, we did a study in in fasting. Not that I want to get ahead of ourselves here, but it it takes people because you know keep in mind we're measuring all day long mm-hmm. which is amazing uh, like you don't have to yeah. put holes in your fingers like that is so yeah. i've had times when i've had trouble typing you know yeah. when i'm deep into some kind of biohacking experiment and i'm poking holes in my fingers all day every day and you're running out of spots and <laughs> yeah well as you know because i think you know consumers they're poking their finger once a day and then that's all they do and they assume they're in ketosis so my wife for example she was gaining a lot of weight back um, believing she's in ketosis all day, essentially getting mm-hmm. a false negative. But the reality is, is that she had high ketone levels in the morning because she hadn't eaten in 14 hours. And ultimately she spent the vast majority of the day out of that fat burn state. So yeah. it's, it's just really important that people understand that the, you know, in our clinical trial that was published last year, you know, exposed that, that, you know, a single measurement per day is actually a really poor clinical indicator of ketosis. Um, It's about 50% off of a time-weighted average of doing, you know, three to five measurements per day. So much like CGM, you know, I mean, we're basically the CGM for ketones. And um, so if you do it three to five times per day, you're really going to start to understand your metabolic response to foods and then know that you're, you know, banana to you and Allie is different than a banana to me. Yeah. and then, then the complexities of how big is the banana, you know, and then how, what's your, what's your weight? And then what is, how ripe how ripe is the banana? banana? <laughs> well, no, and is it a ripe banana or a green banana, right? A That's also going to have a, yeah. an, a different impact. But so, and, and, you know, the, it's funny that you mentioned CGMs because what's come to light for me recently is that some of the CGMs on the market and probably the ones that are the most readily available to consumers are pr- pretty problematic. Like they're not super accurate. They can be, it, it seems to me that there may be some calibration issues because they don't, I've had people wearing CGMs who are getting, um, they're getting readings that don't make any sense to them. So then they'll go and they'll check, they'll poke their finger and they'll get a completely different reading from their finger. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, it's, which is distressing, right? So now you've stuck this needle in your arm. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for me, I, I put one in a while ago and I went to do a workout and I was working out with these heavy bands. And of course the band caught on the CGM. Next thing you know, there's blood gushing out of the top of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, keep it, keep in mind. I mean, the, um, the, you know, a BHB measuring beta hydroxybutyrate from a blood ketone device, you know, that's like taking a single measurement. That's not the gold standard. The gold standard is a venous draw. And, you know, clinical studies have shown that there's about a 20% difference. So, you know, be, you know, I don't think anybody should be going to pr- poke their finger and just make an assumption that that's going to be what the real ketone levels are. Yeah, that's not. It's not. So they should. They'd have to do a venous blood draw. Um, but these are, you know, one's interstitial fluid, one is serum. Um, you know, not with our device. You know, it's it's acetone. So they're all a little bit different. As long as people are kind of flexible to understand, they're different ketones. They're different yeah. ways to measure. The real important thing is what is that trend over time, you know, and how can my, how can I modify behavior based on that? Yeah. And how do I get to know myself? And if you focus on behavior modification, 
then you can start to see, well, wait a minute, if I deplete glucose, um, my glucose stores before a fast, for example, how fast can I get into autophagy? If I do, you know, instead of, um, you know, doing this, what I normally do, I want to do, you know, 72 hours, what happens? All these things you can start to modify and make it easier on yourself. You know, maybe you're avoiding foods that you don't really need to avoid. Absolutely. No, I I think that's, that's so important. There was actually a really interesting study um, that um, came out of, um, oh, what's the name of the, it's, it's a, it's a university in Israel and they took on, they, they noticed, or they knew that, you know, the, the national food of Israel is hummus. I don't know if it it really is, but everybody in Israel eats hummus, right? They mash up chickpeas, they mix it with some tahini and whatever else. And, and that's what everybody eats. And pita, exactly. Um, although the last time I was there, the we went to this one place that only makes hummus, and they their concession to people who don't eat pita is they would give out slices of onion <laughs> to eat yeah. hummus with, which is pretty potent. I'm here yeah. to tell you. Anyway, so I just asked for a spoon. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just. Eat. But anyway, these I think it's the Simon Wiesenthal Institute in in Rehovot in Israel. Anyway, they figured they realized that. Half the people you give hummus to have steady eddy blood sugar. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's a you know slow burning carb. It's got a certain amount yeah. of protein in it. You're not going to see blood sugar spikes. But then there's a whole bunch of other people. You give them hummus and they're like become pre-diabetic in like half an hour. And they're like, well, what the hell? And what they realized in that study is that it had to do with the 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 composition of their microbiome. And so how those bugs were treating the carb. So it's a little bit to your point of what the banana is going to do to me and what the banana is going to do to you is very different right? in terms of our glycemic response to the same food. And so similarly, what I'm, what really intrigues me about the biosense is this whole, because, you know, I run a big Facebook community and every once in a while, somebody gets on this topic of intermittent fasting because they want autophagy. They want that cellular cleanup that happens when you get to a certain stage of of ketosis in, in your fasting. And there's this, these endless discussions. Well, does it take 12 hours or 16 hours? Is it 18 hours? Actually, I heard it was three days. Now I heard that five days is what you need. And you get these, these people like fighting with each other and their studies right. being thrown around all over the place and nobody really knows. And so what's really, you know, what really caught my attention with the biosense is when you said to me, you know what, Nat, like we can tell, we can tell from the acetone levels in your breath at what point you are likely to be getting into a state of ketosis that allows your body to initiate this metabolic process called autophagy or cellular process called autophagy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is really important. I I mean, I can tell you at a a personal level, um, when we started designing this for chronic disease management and for chronic disease prevention and longevity health span, um, you know, number one is like, you got to crack the code in this breath sampling because no, and everyone else has failed. And that's why you only get like these two or three or four or five, you know, uh, ranges. So if you can do that first and be so, so specific, then you can start to build, you know, behavior modification and and articulate these different states that go well beyond, Hey, I ate a banana and this is what it does. So I'm in ketosis or not, you know, not, but, but, because that's this really limited value. It's like, yeah. Wait a minute. Now we got it. We can really get granular on this. So, you know, the seminal study from December in December 19, uh, 2019 on, you know, what is this, these areas of inferred autophagy in mice? And that's all there is right now is mice and cell regeneration. And one of the things that we believe as a company is that it's not just personalized nutrition that is an absolute requisite to have appropriate health span modification. Um, there's precision fasting too. And, and fasting is probably, you know, right now when it comes to intermittent fasting, that's probably your target direct way to get to this autophagic state. And we've been so dependent on duration, like, Hey, you do your 18, six, or you do your 72 hour fast. And if you ask anybody why they do it, it's because a friend told them to, or they read it somewhere, (laughs) but there's no biologic response specific to a duration, right? It's just, Hey, you know, it's like kind of like go, you and I should go run five miles. We know it's going to be good for us, but we don't know if you really need that to burn X calories or me. So it's kind of like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That's all we knew though. 
everybody should go work out and never, you know. So bottom line is this, is that we we can now monitor these levels and infer from studies that autophagy is right around on an average basis, you know, cellular basis is maybe 15 ACEs. So on average, so, and again, we'll kind of shift that around, but that's the time where we believe that most cells will start to regenerate. And we can then monitor how long does it take to get there? And quite frankly, it doesn't matter how long the fast is. It matters how long you're actually in that state. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I personally do is I call it not a phagic sprint. And that is I want 24 hours above 15 ACEs. So okay. I want 24 hours in autophagy. That's a heck of a lot more important. Like my duration is actually in cell regeneration. It's not, hey, I want to do a 72-hour fast and hope that I spend some of that time in regenerating cells and I don't have a clue unless I measure. And that's the real value of that because I can tell you an 18-6 diet, unless you are extremely carb-restrictive, it is highly, highly, highly unlikely you're going to reach an autophagic state ever, you know? Right. And, right. you know, it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. And, so, and that, yeah. sorry, that 15 ACEs, that roughly corresponds to 1.5 that people yeah. would, would see on yeah. their BHBs, right? On their Yeah, blood, exactly. Blood yeah, exactly. So the key thing is, is if that's, maybe I just want to get to that state and then stop. So with BHB, either you need to prick yourself, you know, because in a fast, you're, your ketones are very dynamic. They're always going up, right? So how long do you want to do it? So if you want to prick your finger every three hours, so be it. That's great. Um, or you just blow into the device every few hours and you can start to see, hey, right now, I'm not very metabolically flexible. It's going to take me, if my target is 24 hours in autophagy, maybe it takes me 35 hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Over time, maybe it takes me 20 you know, right. to get there. But the bottom line is you can start to monitor. So, you know, you'd see Peter T and you see, you know, people like Dom D'Agostino, they're seeing their BHB levels, actually their peak BHB levels go down over time in these 72 hour fasts. And this is called redox potential. And what they're seeing is that their bodies are storing less and less BHB. Okay. And, and that's why breath acetone is probably a preferred methodology over time because it doesn't decrease over time. You know, so, peak, yeah. Okay. So wait a minute. So they're seeing their BHBs drop and is that not just because their body's more efficient at using them or they're storing less? Yeah. So they're, they're storing, you know, cause BHB is a storage. Oh, it's the storage. Right. Yeah. So they're basically, their mitochondria is efficiently it's burning yeah. that BHB for fuel. Yeah, and so you're not able to monitor it through your blood anymore because it's just not there. Well, you can, it's just, it's just lower and lower There's over time. Yeah. So but the acetone is, doesn't follow that same because follow. No, it's pretty consistent. So is, it just a, so is it like a byproduct of, of me- metabolizing BHB basically? The acetone? No, because uh, well, acetoacetate is metabolized, not BHB. So BHB is a storage, um, is a storage. Right. Ketone. Sorry. But the acetoacetate is yeah. getting. Yeah. Acetoacetate will break down into acetone and then it's expelled. So, or acetoacetate is directly expelled by your urine. Right, Um, right, right. So the acetone really is indicative of what your body, the ketones that your body is consuming. Using the mitochondria are consuming. Exactly. Yeah. So much more indicative of that. And that, and the, but the key thing is, is in breath, it's, it's failed. I mean, you just couldn't do it unless you have some type of breath fractionalization that we do. And that's what we figured out. So, you know, Biosense is it's the first device. And then we have another one that'll be more in the lines of microbiome. And, you know, it'll be fun. You know, we're, we're continuing to, to focus on bringing data so that people can modify behaviors and just know more about themselves. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, it's a great tool. And I mean, to your point, it's a lot easier for me as a practitioner to convince a client to blow into this thing a bunch of times a day than it is to have them poke their finger and bleed exactly. <laughs> times no. a day. I mean, it's not convenient. It's not a popular thing to do in public. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Or if you're fasting, I mean, think about this is like, you know, because intermittent fasting is the number one dietary protocol right now. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing it more and more in the clinical space. We've got some, you know, we have about 10 clinical trials right now, either ongoing or planned. And, and two of these are in intermittent fasting. So I'm pretty excited about those and I'll be in Europe to, to, to work on this this summer. But um, when it comes to intermittent fasting, 
you know, there's so many really cool apps out there. I use them, you know, there's, there's probably four or five that folks use and it tracks your duration. They're just a clock, right? Yeah. It doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. And the little icon on there that says, Hey, you're in autophagy and everyone magically enters that at the same exact time. (laughs) So we've, we have, um, cause we're all exactly the same magically. Yeah, exactly. So, magically. All of a sudden we are yeah, bio identical <laughs> to each other. <laughs> yeah. So we just, so we just released, um, something called precision fast and that is an actual fasting wheel with precise actual levels of ketosis, an actual level of ketones, um, that lay o- that overlay that that fasting duration, and over time, you probably won't even need that fasting duration. You're really going to be focused on the ketone levels. Okay. So it tells me what my key, like where I am on like basically it that precision fast is going to give me information about where what my body is doing at any given time in a fast. Yeah, exactly. So, so instead if of I the, was super smart and I went mega low carb for a week before my fast and then did a total glycogen depleting workout before the fast. Yeah. I played my you're, cards right. Just, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to get to those 15 aces a lot sooner than my chocolate donut eating friend. Yes, if if autophagy is your target, you're going to see that happen quite quickly. And then it's that time in that range, that time above yeah. 15 aces is the critical thing. Um, you know, and over time, I think people are going to develop more and more biomarkers, very specific to health span and autophagy, which is fantastic. So for now, it's pretty limited, though. So this is a good way to, you know, as a proxy of where you are. But this is the, the number one thing that we see in our users is it takes a lot, lot longer to get into these perceived states of benefit. For sure. Um, and it's very, it can be frustrating to be honest. And we spend a lot of time with people on the phone and saying, you know, it, <laughs> it just takes a while. And if you're measuring once a day and you just assume that's what your, you know, your level of ketosis is all the time, it just doesn't work that way. Your body doesn't no. work that way. So, yeah. no. And I think as a biohacker, you know, and or person who's interested in this stuff, it is so fascinating to be able to breathe that very first minute that you open your eyes, you know, and see that, oh, the day that I woke up filled with angst, there was not a ketone to be found because my cortisol was so high. Yeah, exactly. My blood sugar spiked and the ketones just kind of go like they're gone. Right. Um, And understand like starting to really, it's such an amazing way to be able to demonstrate to people because that's the business I'm in anyway, is helping people to understand the the consequences, not even the consequences, but the the implications of their actions on their metrics, right? It's the reason why we wear a bio strap or we wear an aura ring so that we can hope to help people to understand, look, I'm not just being mean and telling you, you can't eat an hour before bed. I want you to see the difference when you stop eating three hours before bed and you stop eating 10, like as your eyes are closing kind of thing. Right, right. Exactly. Impact on your physiology, your health and your ability to recover. And similarly, this thing is, all right, you know what? Let's see what happens when you, you know, you eat this many carbs in a day is, does that allow you to deplete those, you know, is your lifestyle allowing you to deplete those carbs so that you can get into even close to some kind of a metabolic state overnight that you're even in nutritional ketosis in the morning. Right. Right. Here's the other thing too to think about is um, it's highly motivating. Okay. We're seeing this, we're seeing this in obesity clinics that are using biosense right now is that um, no one wants to jump on that scale, you know, because it's going to take several days to lose that first pound or something like that. But in obesity, you know, or someone just that's overweight, that's on a, on a carb restricted protocol. If you can just see that one ACE, two ACEs, three ACEs, and you're approaching, now I'm starting to produce ketone bodies on my third day of carb restrictive. All of a sudden, you know why you're doing all this. I mean, it's tough. It is so tough to lose weight. And if you can start to do that and see these little baby steps, and then, then you are, you know, some people just chase the number and they're like, okay, I'm going to breathe into this thing 10 times a day, because I want to know how fast the reaction is to broccoli versus, you know, some other vegetable. And then they really get granular with that. But, you know, we have a clinic in on the East coast that has patients that are really difficult patients that are losing 40 pounds in like three months. Um, and it's not driven by the, a new protocol. It's just driven by the fact that for the first time between visits to the clinic, these people have agency, you know, they, mm-hmm. they know what's happening to them 
and they get feedback. So you're closing this feedback loop to people that don't want to be altering their diet. They don't yeah. want to be doing that. And this is, so it's pretty cool. You know, it's pretty cool it's to be able to do that. It's, gamifying. Way it's gamifying the the process, right? And yeah. I'm sure if you get two or three people in a cohort and they get competitive with each other, if you can kind of keep that on the positive side. So that, yeah. Right. Know, yeah. You're all stressed and you're not getting your cortisol, you know, like they're getting into that vicious cycle. But it, and to your point, it's about those small wins. So you yeah. don't, don't have to wait for the scale to move. And we also know that the scale, it's not always a great picture of what's going on. Like if we're lucky enough to get them moving and they're hopefully maybe building a little bit of muscle along the way, right, right. That, it's about losing the inches. If, if, it, if you can see the one or two or three aces that day, as opposed to having to wait however many days or weeks it takes to see the difference on the inches or the scale. Right. To your point, it's really, it's those small little wins that just keep people in the game and engaged and feeling like they're having success. Yes. And that's why a scale really should have a big sign on it that says not intended for anyone interested in gaining any muscle mass ever in their <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. So tracking fat oxidation is, is critical. So I think the key thing is, is like, you know, with the biosense devices, not only does it track your metabolic flexibility and your ketone production and, you know, knowing if you're burning carbs or burning fat, it's, it's just that high granularity of where exactly I am in that level of fat burn. What's my specific, you know, reaction, um, to a specific food or, or, you know, exercise regimen. And then, being able to change, you know, modify these behaviors so that you can be more efficient and do things faster and, you know, mm. be without food in a fast, shorter time and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, we're just kind of starting on all this. But we're one of the things that's really cool, though, is that when I got involved with this project two years ago, there were 83 clinical studies with ketosis. Now, not all of those were keto diet. They were fasting, but they're all clinical trials at academic centers. There's today 230 and I can tell you the majority of those are not from metabolic diseases, which you would think that they would be, you know, it is all over the place. It is the ketogenic diet or some type of ketosis therapy specific for, you know, um, ophthalmic issues to mm -hmm. infertility to obviously neurocognitive decline is a big area yeah. right now. Um, but it goes on and on and on. I mean, what, what, Chris Palmer's doing at Harvard with schizophrenia and the, and the ketogenic diet and having very fast impact. Heart failure is a real big horizon right now for the ketogenic diet. Um, it's just really interesting. We're involved with a lot of these clinical trials. So it's, it's fun to be on the cutting edge of all of that. Well, that's fantastic. And I think what that really speaks to is the value of the ketone body, not just as a fuel source, but as a signaling molecule. And Dom Diagostino yeah. talks about that all the time, right? Yeah. It's not, I mean, yeah, ketones are an alternate fuel source, but there's so much more like in terms, and I, don't, I think, you know, we're still learning so much about this in terms of ketones impact on inflammation or any number of other processes in the body that like, why is it that it, that ketones are so important following a TBI, for example, right? right. Do they, yep. that anti-inflammatory impact on the brain, why are ketones so good as a hangover rem remedy, right? <laughs> Which exactly. nobody really talks about it's that much. But if you yeah. happen to tie one on the night before and you happen to have a bottle of, you know, and you're not, you're not probably going to wake up in a ketogenic state, let, let's face it. Yeah. Um, but if you happen to have a bottle of ketone esters, sitting by your bedside and you could chug them in the morning, you might actually feel a whole lot better, a whole lot sooner. <laughs> exactly. And you don't even need to, mod you don't even need to monitor ketones at that level. You'll just feel better. <laughs> you just want to feel better so that you can get back to monitoring your ketones again. But um, so let me ask you this. Have you looked at all at the fast mimicking diet? And um, because a lot of people are doing this fast mimicking diet, which is essentially caloric restriction. Right. So right. That, that mimics fasting and the and the and the pitch is that you will still benefit from autophagy, but you still get to eat this. And of course, it's a moving target. How much do you get to eat? Is it 500 calories or 600 calories or yeah. 700 calories? And and the truth is, you know, when I read the book, it had to do with the size of your body. But 
The truth is it probably should be more related to how metabolically flexible you are. Yes. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. It, it should, you know, the, the, the pro you're referring to prolon, the fast mimicking diet, the branded fast mimicking diet. So I don't use prolon. I, I tend to do it with food. Like okay. I'm not, I'm not a big, I mean, I know people are going to, don't hate me for this. I don't like the kit to me. It just feels like processed food, yeah. but I just, well, they, they're, they're doing some, you know, I, I, you know, I, we work with all brands and things like that. And we, we recognize a lot of people do this on their own. I, I can share a, a, some anecdotes on this that are pretty interesting. We did, um, the only study that we've done on a fast mimicking protocol was actually with the Prolon brand. And that was last summer. And there were four subjects, so relatively small. Um, They all came from high carb carb kind of a standard American diet baselines. And what we were looking at was how, you know, and they tested about eight to 10 times per day. So we really had a granular look at all four. Um, This with a high body, BMI tended to be a little slower to get into ketosis, slower to get into, to hit an autophagic state, but they also had the highest weight loss. The two females in the study were um, relatively thin. They're fed, low BMI, hit high levels of of, uh, autophagy um, pretty quickly. Here's the anecdote. One of those, and I saw both of these subjects, uh, well, all four subjects. I saw one one of them though um, before the five days and after the five days. I kid you not. I mean, she, I think she lost about ten years off of her face. Yes. So I don't know what happened with her. She wasn't and, overweight. No, she wasn't. She was not overweight, and she, yeah. you know, I I know that she has three young children, so she didn't get a lot of sleep and things like that. So whatever it was, I remember when I saw, it, I was like holy cow, I just saw you five days ago. So I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about the miracle of autophagy, but I can tell you that there definitely was cell regeneration in her facial features. And, you know, when you're, when you do it that long, obviously the inflammation is going to be going away and things like that. So it, it works, it clearly had worked in that environment. We monitored how fast, um, you know, ketone levels dropped with Prolon, which is a higher carb you know, restrictive type of, it's, it's a restrictive 800 calorie diet, but there are carbs in there. Yeah, absolutely. They use honey in their bars. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I will say this is that any, you know, popping out of ketosis, you're popping right back into it. So curiously, I I was surprised at the results. And I think that the the test subject, the the takeaway though, is that none of them would do that protocol again without a biosense because of the gamification. You know, like, why am I doing this? Why am I going? Why am I still not eating? (laughs) Yeah. Someone tell me the benefits articulate that. So um, that's the key thing with fasting in general is that if you could see why you're doing it and know that there's some benefit, then then great. But uh, yeah, I tell my friends, like, do three days on a, do a fast for three days or a fast mimicking protocol of some sort. And you'll see your eyelids, you know, if you have saggy eyelids, see what happens. Take a before and after picture. Yeah. So it's quick, quickest face left you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, right? Because people think of fasting primarily to lose weight. And what you're, what we're tapping into here is really the reju- rejuvenation that happens at a cellular. And I mean, it's the immune system, it's skin, it's every part of your body is able to kind of do this cellular cleanup, like get rid of the waste, get rid of the old stuff. It's it's the spring cleaning that we, you know, that you, we all want to do or would like to do. Um, And it shows up, like it shows up in your face. And to some degree, I think that the fast mimicking diet, whether it's with a prolon kit or you're doing it, you know, and you can do it with, with, um, with soups or with salads, like whatever the case may be, it's just, it's a bit more work and you have to plan it ahead. Right. Um, it's a lot more accessible and a lot easier to a lot of people than the idea of just drinking water and nothing else. For exactly. Days, yeah, right? exactly. You can yeah. actually, you know, when I've done it in my house, I can kind of hide from the kitchen all day long and then I save my meal for the end of the day. So right. I'm basically doing an OMAD protocol five days of, for five consecutive days. Yep. But my, so this is, this is the question then. So do you need to do it five days? Do you need to do it four days, three days? So well, all these different things like, yeah, yeah is me, if I could be in autophagy for five days, I'd be pretty happy. Like there's no, so this is the question to you. Maybe 
is there a downside to being in in a state of photography for five days versus three days or, or is there, I mean, I think at some point you get a point of diminishing returns, obviously, but if I was, I, and I can tell you from how I feel, it's taking me longer than it should. Ah, got it. it. I I crawl through my fasts. Like I never, you know, those people that tell you, oh yeah, after two or three days, I stop feeling hungry. My energy's off the charts. My brain is clear. I feel amazing. I could go for days and I'm sitting there going, Either you're full of stuff <laughs> or you're flat out lying because yeah. I remain like I could eat my arm off until the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I think you make a really good point. So there's a couple of different ways to look at it is um, in my opinion, and that would be either you don't want to be doing what you're doing and like, hey, I just went 24 hours and it's half a G, you know, and I'm going to do that as efficiently as I possibly can. Or you've got someone like yourself that is, hey, I'm going to do five days in this. And guess what? I'm going to spend more time in autophagy by becoming more efficient. Those are the two ways. That, now, bottom line is you're probably going to have a higher benefit than me because you've got a much more time in that, you know, that state of cell regeneration. So over time, there's not enough studies right now. I mean, I'm surprised that there are, you know, long-term studies on people in their 50s, for example, that are, I'm 53. And I would love to be part of a study, you know, where let's really, really look at health span of those that are remaining in some type of level of, you know, ketone bodies of three aces to, you know, 10 aces on average for their entire year, with the exception of New Year's Eve. And, uh, you know what I mean? So those <laughs> and your birthday, because you, you got to have cake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I figured that one out too, though. My, my carrot cake, that's low carb. But yeah, yeah. I think that there's, there's a some really interesting studies to be had, you know, with all of this. I, I, I'm personally so interested in it. I've, you know, I'm 53. I've got a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. So as an older dad, I've got to keep up and it's worked really, 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 really well. And, um, but you know, we're all learning as we go and, uh, yeah, people like you that are working with clients and sharing stuff on podcasts, that's just a great step. We'll, we'll keep plugging away at the technology side of it. Yeah, well, I think the technology is fantastic. Honestly, I I didn't get it for the longest time. I kind of first I couldn't remember that call. I couldn't even forget figure out how to turn it on. And then, <laughs> and then I tried to. So people, just so you know, and you don't embarrass yourself like I did, calling up, you know, the support people, going, "Why won't it work?" And it's because it won't work when it's plugged in. Note to yeah. self: you need to unplug the device before it will take your measurements. <laughs> yeah, so pretty much any device you put to your mouth should not be used if it's plugged in because of electricity. So yes. Oh yeah. Well I was pretty confident I was gonna wasn't gonna get electrocuted. Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, don't buzz your lips. But no. yeah. So. But once you get this thing working, like it is it's fantastic because it's so easy. It fits in your pocket. Like I mean I sound like an ad now. I don't mean to be an ad, but honestly yeah. it is it couldn't be it couldn't be simpler or easier to use. Yeah, and um, integrates also, you know, with with a lot of the apps that people use for nutritional intervention. So or or you know, nutritional lifestyle of of tracking macros and things like that. So, so which apps them. does it interface with? So let's talk about that a little bit because I know okay. that you've done some work in this area. So what are the apps, the food the food logging apps? Yeah, so the food logging apps would be, you know, Senza chronometer, card manager, all of those, uh, you know, the device measurements can go into, you know, those apps and overlay ketones, you know, with whatever you're, you're eating. Perfect. Yeah. um, I use chronometer in my practice. I think it's the best. Yeah. I I think I'm a, I'm a big fan of, and of course you say chronometer, I say chronometer. Chronometer or chronometer. I wonder what they call it. I think they call it chronometer. Well, I think they call it chronometer. They're Canadian. So I I could be wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're over. They're over in British Columbia. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, they're on yeah. the other side, but they are in Canada. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of Canada going on. So this, you know, we we we, you know, we we're not too big where we think that everyone should just use our mobile app. It's bottom line is people are, you know, pretty centered on what they want to use, and and we're happy to provide measurements to modify behavior. Yeah. No. And I, I like I said. I mean, I I really like how easy it is to use and. There it goes. It's lighting up for me now. It's there a little you bit go. noisy. I have to put it in my pocket if somebody's still sleeping. But yeah. it's um, 
Yeah, I, I um, you know, I haven't been very attentive to my carb load in the last little while, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that quite often I will wake up in a light state of ketosis in the mornings, like somewhere Good. in that five to seven aces. And so, and it is funny, you do get a little self-satisfied kind of rush going, ha, <laughs> look at me, <laughs> I wasn't even trying. <laughs> Yeah, there's your your game of your self gamification. Oh my god, it's it's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and you catch yourself and you go, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is a great device. Thank you so much for all this. Is there anything else you think people should know about the BioSense? Like, what else? What have we missed? You know, you've got you've got the new feature coming out, the Precision Fast, which I think. So that's kind of mid-May, May 20th kind of thing. Yeah, it's- right on May, May 20th is when that would be out. So um, you know, everyone can actually have a personalized fast and know where they are in their in that journey. And um, perhaps they don't need to fast as long as they or maybe longer than they than they anticipated. Um, but that's one thing. And then we're adding um, a lot of different things on the uh, within the mobile app in the next year. So one of the, the key things is that uh, there'll be machine learning built in. So, you know, let's say that based on your previous measurements and your target of, Hey, I want to lose weight. If that's the case, um, it can start serving up a lot of notifications on what you should be doing. So kind of like an somewhat of an automated coaching feature, Hmm. uh, automated, you know, light light stuff. And then that can be tweaked by an actual coach or it can be tweaked by an actual, um, you know, a clinic that we work with that can drop in their protocol. So that's the key thing. So we, about half of our business is on the clinical side. So a lot of this is being built for that too. That's fantastic. That, that actually is the, the whole machine learning aspect is really fascinating, right? Because it's, you know, an app that now compare, it's a little bit why the BioStrap I think is so fantastic is that it, it learns you over time and holds you to your own, to your standard as opposed to the standard of everybody else. Right, right, right. And, it, and again, it all goes right back to the same thing is that personalized. And I think if people take a step back and said, all these different devices and apps and stuff that I'm tracking, is it personalized? Okay. Yeah. Is it truly personalized? And it's, you know, the vast majority of the time it is not. I mean, you could use a, a weight loss app, you know, and there are a lot of them that are really, really popular right now for weight loss. And the majority of them have no biomarker data, so they don't have a clue. It's just this, it's giving you the same exact information as it's giving me. That's 20 years ago. I mean, that yeah. was, we, we've graduated from that. Now we can really start to learn about our own bodies and, and adjust accordingly. Because guess what? If it's, when it comes to weight loss, it's a big failure. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, it's, it's the yeah. reason why it's such a multi-billion dollar industry, right? It's like those apps. I've always been curious to try that. You, you ever see those ads for the apps where it shows a fat person and it's the walking app and it shows the fat body shrinking and shrinking and shrinking as they're walking more and more steps. Yeah. I've always been curious. And I'm like, really like our, I've always been curious about those apps. Cause I'm like, do you really think that I'm going to believe you <laughs> that all well, I I'd be curious where those steps are. Is that a specific type of step that is in some city that helps you lose weight that fast? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, you never know, but I, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Okay, Jim. So I do have a question for you. Um, is there anything that people can eat or drink or do? So we know that stress is going to drive up blood sugar and it's going to, it might get in the way of these things, but in terms of how the biosense measures acetone and gives us a reading, is there anything we might, people might do that might throw off that reading and give them an inaccurate kind of. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because things like alcohol, or sugar alcohols and even like in a, in a drink like La Croix, coconut water, for example. Really? Um, yeah, that could actually throw off a measurement. So alcohol will drive up one's biosense measurements um, considerably. So take your, you know, if you're going to go out on a Friday night or do whatever you do, you know, take your measurement before you go out. Um, that's what most people do. And then, you know, things like uh, menthol gum, uh, mints, things like that can tend to, to throw it up a little bit as well. So we, we recommend that you take a measurement, you know, an hour, at least an hour after you eat. Um, occasionally people have, you know, when they drink coffee and take a measurement that could, um, drive it up a little bit as well. So, you know, wait a half hour after you have your coffee and things like that. But the majority of people just take their measurements when they wake up. 
Mm-hmm. Then you go to bed and then after a meal. So it, it, you get into that routine. It's not a big deal. But after the meal, you would say it should be like an hour after the meal. Because a lot of people are using sugar alcohols like the xylitols and the erythritols, like those those as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Especially exactly. people trying to be keto and they're eating all these keto foods, which we won't get into. But Right. <laughs> kick you out of ketosis, you mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the keto-friendly food that kicks you right out of ketosis? Yeah, that one. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And then when you say alcohol, so what about the morning after the night before? Like if you wake up hungover, I mean, you're not going to likely be in ketosis anyway. No, I know. Uh, will the residual from that whole... Med- good. I mean, it depends. I mean, you, as you know, there's still alcohol that could be in your system or alcohol in your breath, certainly. Yeah. So if you've got that, that spouse that smells like a... Like <laughs> Beer keg. Distillery, good chance they're still going to have alcohol in their breath. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. Thanks for answering that. Um I think that's my question now. And um, you know what I, I think is, I think we're going to end now. We've been going for a while. So why don't you tell people how best to find Biosense? And there's lots of great information on your website, lots of good research. I've been poking around in there for a while. And it sounds like there's always new research coming up. I mean, it's such an active area of of research these days. Yeah. Yeah. We're really fortunate to be part of a lot of these, these research projects, but um, you know, if you can find us uh, for product information, it's at mybiosense.com and you can buy the device there online. If you're a clinic, you know, those are, you can just contact us directly at info at mybiosense.com or info at readouthealth.com. Either one of those will get to us. Fantastic. And um, yeah, you've got a code too that you mentioned. So that, that can help as well. Yeah. So longevity 10 guys will give you 10% off your biosense device. And also um, you're on Instagram as well, right? Do you have an Instagram page? Is it my biosense or biosense? Yeah. So Instagram is uh, my biosense. Perfect. Okay. Amazing. Well, Jim, thank you so much for everything today. It was, um, Great to talk to you, and uh, it took us a while to get it together, but uh, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.